0: us want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients
1: of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality.
0: Welcome to Life Today Live. Hope you're having a good week, a good Friday out there. We're going to hit a topic that um, a lot of you will, uh, I think, be encouraged by, uh, and that is the idea of of women, ministry, work. How does that look? Uh, are there limitations theologically? You know, you won't, we won't get too divisive here, but uh, the goal here is to encourage all you ladies out there and you men out there to support women in what God has called them to do. And so I'm excited to have Courtney Moore on today. She is the uh, host of a podcast called Women and Work, and she has a book out that she has edited. It's got a lot of contributors to. It is called Women and Work, Bearing God's Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. So, Judy, uh, Loretta, all you guys that are here, um, be a part of the conversation. Chat is open if you want to jump in on this one, ladies. This is for you. Courtney, great to have you on Live Today Live.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Randy. I'm just so excited to be here and um, introduce myself to your audience and to be a part of you guys today. So thank you.
0: So before we jump into some of the specifics on the topic, give us a little bit of an idea of of sort of your ministry and why you've kind of framed it in this way.
1: Right, yeah. So we're Women in Work. We're a 501c3. We began in 2018 um and our purpose is really to encourage women to inspire women to confidently step into their god-given calling no matter what they, god has called them to whether that's you know ministry in the church and it looks like ministry or if he's just called them out to just work in the world as an accountant a nurse a teacher whatever what have you and really we want women to connect what they do every day to the purposes of god in the world so we want them to step into it with confidence with faith that the spirit is leading them there um, go forward in faith and know that it's meaningful to the kingdom of God. It matters to what God is doing in the world. And so we have several initiatives. You mentioned the podcast, my co host and I, Missy Branch, interview women in all kind of work. It is so fascinating to hear how they're really living out their faith in their work. Um, so we have the podcast right now. We have a book club this summer. We're actually doing our own book club. And at the end of each um, session, we host the authors in a live Q&A. We have, um, if your listeners know someone who uh, is doing amazing work to the glory of God, they can nominate her. We feature a woman every single month on our Work Done Well blog. Uh, We also have just articles on the website that we hope are um, helpful for women. And uh, we just awarded this year our very first Women in Work scholarship to a young woman who, you know, is feeling led by the Lord. And uh, we've just awarded her um, that so we are going to just come around her and encourage her for this whole year, and our whole team is going to invest in her. So that's women and work a little bit.
0: <laughs> okay, sounds sounds like you're doing a lot. That's great. Doing a
1: lot. So w-
0: the idea of of women and work, um, you know, there, w- my wife, uh, since our first, since before our first was born, almost thirty years ago. Wow, hasn't worked outside the home You've been a homemaker would be the phrase that we use but she works 24 7 you know i mean they were especially yes, raising does. four kids i mean i was like man I, i'm glad i get to go to work so i can get a break <laughs> right because <laughs> it's, it's non-stop but when you look at at work in the context of women in the church well um, what is what do you see
1: I think you're right. There has been a big division, I feel like, of women who work outside of the home and who work inside of the home. And I think it's really unfortunate because uh, we're actually, as believers, we're all on the same team, right? And so, I mean, you talk, I mean, a while back there was, you know, the mommy wars, that kind of thing of, you know, what's the best way, you know, to be a mom and all of that. And um, I think that it's very individual for the woman and her family and the means that she has i think it's a it's a great option to be able to stay home with your children invest in them serve your household well i think that's a beautiful way to to live and serve and love you're really just loving your family by doing that but i also know for me that was really my my goal my dream was to be a stay-at-home mom the lord uh allowed me to marry i have three kids um but for me personally and i've noticed this with other women as well There was a stirring within me that I began to realize the Holy Spirit was really showing me, you know what, you have a stewardship here, you have an education, you have gifts, you have some things that he really was wanting to lead me in. And those gifts, those stewardships were just kind of tucked away over there in the corner collecting dust. Mm. And it was just, I just began to feel really compelled um, outside of my comfort zone, by the way, I want you to know women Mm -hmm. at work and the whole organization was totally the Lord just pushing me because on my own, I would not have had the courage or even just the energy really to start it. But I think there's a lot of women who take a lot of joy in work outside of the home. And unfortunately they've, in some spaces have, have been made to feel guilty for that when yeah. this is actually a way they can honor the lord um by just serving him in the workplace
0: oh well okay so one of the things you, that you get into or some of your contributors get into in the book uh is sort of this idea of work from the world's standpoint career you know success as opposed to a more godly view of work what do you see the differences being
1: yeah, that's a great question i feel like you know if you look at the world there we're all trying to find meaning we're all trying to find purpose we're all trying to find identity and i think work can be a way if we're not careful as believers to say okay i'm a teacher this is my identity i'm a business owner i run this bit you know and we really put that on ourselves Um, So I think we have to be really careful with our identity that we know, first off, I am an image bearer. I have dignity and worth no matter what I produce, because God's given me his very image. Um, And the product of my hands, what I produce doesn't give me value. I mean, we want to offer the work of our hands as um, an offering to God, really. But that doesn't define me, you know, so we have to be careful with that. I also feel like I mean, just the concept of TGIF, thank God it's Friday, right? (laughs) Um, We really the world looks at work as kind of a necessary evil, we have to work, we don't really want to, we have to because it's a way that we live it, we earn a living food, we take care of our kids, we have to make money. And so it can become a drudgery, right? Mm -hmm. And um, if we look at the Bible, and we talk about this in the book, um, work actually began in the Garden of Eden before the fall, we kind of always feel, you know, the effects of uh, the frustration, uh, this computer is crashing on me, and I'm losing this, right. Um, But work actually was God's good design from the very beginning. And so even before Adam and Eve ate that forbidden fruit, um, God had given them work to do, and they were to grow and cultivate that garden. And eventually, you know, it would turn into a cultivated society. But it began just from scratch in the simplicity of a garden. And so both Adam and Eve were called to do the work. Um, it wasn't just that she, you know, I mean, her name means the mother of all living. So obviously she's producing children with alongside her husband. But, I mean, she was his helpmate. I mean, she was right there with him doing the the labor co-laboring together um so work is a good design we tend to forget that in the world right
0: and now wait 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 a minute i thought men were supposed to do the work and women were just supposed to to to, you know stay at home stay in the background you're suggesting that this is a co-laborer kind of situation
1: I really am <laughs> suggesting that. And also the New Testament, um, we talk about this. We have a whole chapter in the book about men and women working together in healthy ways in the workplace. And um, our author, Faith Watley, who contributed that chapter, um, she really goes into the New Testament of even how Jesus himself, um, when he traveled around in ministry, he not only had his disciples, but there were also some women that traveled around with him and who supported him out of their own means. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, it almost... It would sound almost scandalous today if you imagine a you know a, some well-known pastor traveling around and oh here are these you know a couple of single women um staying in hotels at the mm. same hotel you know but no he saw value in them and elevated them and what they contributed to his ministry um, was important and the fact that he wasn't wary of them he wasn't suspicious of these women he welcomed them into his ministry as a contributing part that it was actually valuable. And so women do offer a lot. Um, And even you think about the modern workplace now, having women in the room, they're offering a different perspective. They're offering different experiences that men, you know, I mean, I love what you're doing, Randy, but it might, you know, (laughs) it probably serves you to have women around to just say, oh, could we try it this way? Or I really think um, this would reach this particular audience. And, and these women are coming to the table with just a different and unique and helpful perspective. So definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, they, we call uh, uh, the wife the, the helpmate, but um, <laughs> it's a lot more than that. Because <laughs> I yeah. would have gone off the rails so many times in my life if my wife hadn't been like, hey, can you, you yeah. You know, uh, and even in the, the workplace, even though this is, uh, you know, a uh, vocational ministry setting that I'm in. I mean, I've learned so much from you know, Sheila Walsh, is my co-host for many years on the broadcast show. I mean, I, I learned from her. Um, I, 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 I buckle at the notion that, that, you know, men can't learn anything from women. Um, and, and I actually got in an argument with a well-known pastor who was making the case, and, and I said, well, did you learn anything from your mother? <laughs> and Thank he's, you, yes. Right, and he's, he, well, and I said, well, what about your wife? Because uh, if you haven't, maybe you should start, you know, and he kind of laughed because he knew, I mean, but the point sure. is that I, I think... Yeah. All right. Um, I told you I wouldn't drag you into any yeah, controversy okay. here. But the reality is... I mean, God knew what He was doing when He said, "Adam, you know, it's not good that you're alone, uh, exactly. and I'm going to give you someone to to help you." I think maybe the term "help you" was God trying to ease it into Adam to go, "Look, you're you're not going to pull this off on your own. You you got to have something." And and the missing part is women, and I think in the church we're missing some things because we don't properly value the role and the input and the ministry and the work of of women am i am i overstating it
1: so i've thought about this so much and i feel like you know you hear a lot of the phrase we're equal yet distinct we're equal in value and worth and dignity but we have these distinct roles sure. and um that's that's true that's you know to but i point. feel like there's been mm-hmm. so much emphasis on the distinctions of how we're different and really, to a lack of honoring the equality, right? I mean, if the Lord really values us as equals, as we both bear the image of God, we are both um, equal. If we actually truly meant those words, it would play out a little bit different. I feel like in these church settings, and so uh, because when you see women who are valued in an, in that equality sense in the church and the workplace these women these are women who are thriving they are contributing they are flourishing because they are given uh, the leeway they're given the room the space to to really develop their gifts their um to really really step in full force with their their stewardships that God has given them whether it's their intellect whether it's their skills these things they're given the room to pursue those things and so a lot of times women feel like oh I need to tamp down. Um, I need to play down this um, skill that I'm really excellent at because I don't want to shine too bright. I don't want to ri- rise mm, too high. Yeah. Um, and that's a real shame. And I don't think the Lord is calling women to tamp down what He's put within them. I mean, he put those skills within them. And even if they've worked hard to hone their skills and hone their craft, I mean, he's given them the energy and ability to do that. That mm. all comes from him. Um, and so that's part of why we exist at women in work. We want women to, be empowered to to really live out and reach their God-given potential.
0: You heard it there from Courtney Moore, who has her Master's in Biblical Counseling from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Yes, and this is the book that she is uh, kind of talking around, Women and Work, lots of women contributing, which is a great idea. Women uh, have a lot to contribute, and I'll show you the web. Oh. I'll pull up the website in a second. I forgot to do that. Here's, here's one question I do have for you. And because you use a couple of terms, you know, equality, that term right now is so distorted by our world. And then you get an equity, which is even more Marxist in, in its terminology. And I think sometimes when we, because of the world, we, I think the world has made this more difficult. I think. I think so. What do you when you look at? So when I look at like in the seventies, which you probably don't remember, um, you know the women's liberation movement, women's lib movement. Um, I think some good things actually came out of that, but I think some bad things have come out of that as well. Uh, do you think that the world's um, framing of this issue actually causes some pushback in the church that may be missing the mark? I mean, we're pushing yeah. against the negative, but two wrongs don't make a right. You know what I mean?
1: You're right. I, I feel everything you just said, I feel is very accurate and very true because it's almost like, Oh my gosh, the world's freaking out in the seventies, the feminism, the liberal movement. And it's almost like the church just swung the pendulum in a completely different direction and just closed in tight. Right. Because we mm. don't want liberals in the church. We don't want <laughs> feminism rising up in the church. We can't have that. So they really, really pushed down on that. And, um, I, I like to think of these male-female relationships. I feel like we have kind of lived in our mindset of male-female and sort of a concept of authority versus family. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. and So if we look, if you think about authority, there's higher-ups. There's someone, there's... Um, And I'm not, listen, as Christians, we submit there as all believers submit to the Lord Jesus. This is, I mean, he is the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. So I'm not, I'm not anti-authority. Don't hear me say that. But I do feel like there's been a lot of just so much heaviness on the authority aspect. And I feel like when we look at each other as a family, no, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are equals. It really changes that dynamic. It, it really brings about more of a mutual respect mm-hmm. instead of, a, oh, you're my, you know, I mean, even if they say little sister, that's still kind of like, no, no I'm like, I'm like your real sister. Like, we're right here, you know? Um, that's fun. But I feel like thinking about and really honoring, how would you honor your sister? How would you honor your mother? How would you, um, how would, how do women love their brothers, right? I mean, this is a completely different mindset than just viewing it as, okay, you're my pastor. I'm going to submit to you. Um, that kind of thing. I, I, so I, I would love for the church to maybe if they t- took the pendulum way over here, I'd love to just kind of bring it a little bit more centered.
0: Yeah. I, I tried saying to my wife, you know, get back in the kitchen one time. That didn't go too well. <laughs> it didn't, didn't work out, but you know, we feel like we could do that in the church. And it's like, what are you thinking? Oh, so here's, here's the ultimate test. Okay. Because so you, and, you and I can have our opinions. We can express our opinions. We can, you know, frame it around the scripture too. That's great. But, Really, when we look at Christ, what do you see in how He treated women, how He right. respected women? How, how, what do you see?
1: I mean, the first, first word that comes to my mind, honestly, when I just think about Him in general is just um, gentleness. What a gentle leader right? He was. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we think about leadership. And again, it goes back to that authoritarian, do what I say because I said so. That was not the model you see in Jesus. Mm -hmm. You see a very gentle, humble, loving man who walked around and instead of pointing down, he's putting arms open, bringing people in. It's not the do, you know, "Mm, here's, follow me. I'm in charge here. That was not him. You know, when he's saying, you know, Um, I'm going to wash these disciples feet. I mean, it gives me chills thinking about the humility of Mm -hmm. Jesus, you know, laying his life down um, for people who hated him, sinners apart from him. And I think particularly for women, um, I mean, how gentle is he with women? You think about the woman with the bleeding issue, right? And she touches his robe and he's like, oh, who touched me? And that could have stoked a lot of fear in her, but instead of coming down hard on her, I mean, what did he do? He he comes around and he lifts her up and your sins are forgiven and go and, you know, you ha- and then you have the woman caught in adultery. There were so many things where Jesus could have condemned. He could have been harsh, um, but he he's welcoming. And not only that, I mean, you think about when he rose from the dead. I mean, the first people he, the first evangelists were women yeah. who had visited him at the tomb. And so, um, then you have like I think the letter of uh, Paul, the letter of Romans was carried to the Church of Romans by a woman. I mean there are women hmm. who are elevated in scripture, and the the leadership style of Jesus though I would wouldn't you love to see more pastors and leaders um have that gentleness instead of that you
0: know so, okay springer. you you used a phrase you said he lifts them up. And, yeah. and, and I think that tracks with the gentleness that you're talking about. If, if our attitude is men, especially men in authority, men in the church, was when I see a woman, I'm going to lift her up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can you imagine mm-hmm. how that would shift the not just the attitudes in the men at the church, but the perspectives and then the, the dignity, dignity of, of the women in the church?
1: And we uh, we interviewed a pastor on our podcast and we talked about this. And one of the things that he suggested, and this is kind of his heart, was as a pastor, really seeing the gifts of women and, and really calling out those gifts. I mean, he talked about his own wife. She has her own media company. She runs her own company. And, you know, she needed the courage to even start that. And he called, he said, you know, you're good at this. I see this in you. And he called that out in her. And then now she has her own business. And so I think that 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 pastors really need to know their flock. They really need to know the men and the women. And no doubt there are going to be women in the workplace who are amazing and honored in the workplace, right? But then they come to church. Their pastor doesn't even know what they do Monday through Friday. They can't honor this woman for that. And they also can't utilize her in the church because no doubt there are going to be some transferable skills that she does every day in the office that can actually serve the church. Mm -hmm. And so really these pastors to be intentional, to know their people, to love their people, to value how God is using this woman out in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, he has given her those skills and he's risen her to this place of elevation if if that's where she is in the workplace. Right. And so to, you know, to not even know that she's doing that is the first problem. <laughs> and then the second thing, to actually go the extra mile and say, how can we utilize her um, to serve the people of God is huge.
0: Yeah, there's one other area, and I don't, I don't, I don't actually know if you touch on this in your book. I can imagine you at least had the conversation. But with the emphasis on motherhood, uh, bearing children, which, I mean, only women can do, despite mm-hmm. what the world's telling us today. So, I mean, we're <laughs> guys are sidelined on that one, right? So... Women are, are are uniquely able to bear a family, raise a family. I think it, I think it takes both the, the man and the woman. I think that's just the, the optimal balance. But for women who are single, who don't marry, right, uh, who are, uh, their children are out of the house. Yeah. Do we really know what to yeah. do with them in the church? Because I see this as a huge untapped resource.
1: I am so glad you asked this question. It is. We have an entire chapter written by her name is Joanna Myers. The chapter is called The Grief and the Grace of an Unexpected Career. Mm -hmm. She's in her late 40s. She always thought she would be married and have children. Um, And now she's had a season in her life where she actually had to have a hysterectomy so that even the dream of being a biological mom um, is dead. And so she has worked through these things. It's a huge part of our church i mean a, a massive part of the body of christ that is really underserved and under-resourced we shared a clip of we i interviewed last season all our contributing authors on our podcast mm-hmm. randy i shared a 1 minute clip of that on our instagram and i cannot tell you the thousands of comments likes these single women are just someone speaking out loud that the fact that she's grieving basically an infertility as a single woman nobody is talking about this Mm. in the church Mm. it is a loss to them and then they walk in church and it's just like where do i fit where do i fit i'm working i'm contributing but like i need my people too i totally agree and even The way we have valued motherhood, we've really elevated it to such an extent to where, like, if you're not a mother, you do feel less than. And so, no doubt, motherhood is a a beautiful experience. Thank God. I mean, it's amazing that he made our bodies to produce life. I mean, it's crazy to think about. Um, But that motherhood does not equal womanhood, right? And so women... Who are not mothers should I mean I want I want more in our culture to, for them to feel valued and honored just for simply existing in the image of God yeah. and and having the Spirit live within them as believers. So uh, it's a huge conversation.
0: Yeah, and and yeah, I'm glad you're having it. Uh, and yeah. and if you want if you want to check out uh, Courtney's podcast, you can go to womenwork.net. dot uh, This is what the website looks like, and I love the statement right there on the website. It says, "Your work matters." To God, uh, and and I really, I mean, I, I kind of tend to get on my soapbox here, but I, I think that the women's work, all women's work that is work unto the Lord, should matter to us men as well, and everyone in the church. I mean, that's it's kind of a kind of a big thing to me. <laughs> so I love what you're doing. I, now I do I do have one question for you, um, because you know when. When we in the church haven't handled a situation correctly, it's uh, often easy, and it has happened, I've seen it, uh, to for those who are not treated as they should be treated, to react, and that can be negative too. And I, and I know you've seen this. For sure. How, if, if a woman... Feels like God wants her to do something, but maybe she's not getting the support in the church that that she feels like she should get. Maybe even not the respect in the in the marriage that she feels like she should get. What do you, What do you tell them to encourage them in the right way so that they don't react in the wrong way? Because that just makes things worse.
1: It really does. It's such a tricky situation because it's probably a real offense. You know, this right. isn't just something right. she's made up in her mind. It's, exactly. it's a real offense that in an ideal world would be repented of, asked her forgiveness <laughs> of and made space for, right? right. <laughs> um, that would be the ideal. Um, unfortunately that's not always the case. And so first thing I would say to her is guard your heart against bitterness. Yes. And how you're going to do that is you're going to pray. You are going to pray for these people. Um, you're going to ask God to help you forgive them. Um, and that's really difficult, especially when, you know, in a marriage where it's not like, okay, I'm going to forgive this and move on. It's like, no, this is a daily (laughs) situation (laughs) or even a church where you really feel called. This is where God's called me to serve and love. Um, so you really have to lean on the Holy spirit to just help you love this person and remember that you yourself are a sinner. You've been sinned against in this instance, but you, God has forgiven you of much. Mm -hmm. So to keep that humility, um, the other thing i think is really underestimated is giving people the benefit of the doubt a lot of times we will assign motives that we really can't see that's a good point. and it's so easy to do because we have just this black and white picture of this is what happened this is how it went down this is why it happened and a lot of times i feel like it's We don't have the full picture of what's going on in this person's mind. And and really only God knows the heart of this person that sinned against us. And so trying to be very gracious in these ways to give them the benefit of doubt is going to help you move forward in that way. And it's going to lessen the bitterness. But I would also say um, if it's appropriate, I mean, have, have the conversation that you need to have, right? Schedule the meeting. Make the call, send the text, whatever it is to try at least on your part to be at peace with all men, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if the Holy Spirit is allowing opportunity, this is all given situational, right? Yeah. Um, but but if there is an, a way and there's an opportunity for you to keep trying to use your gifts, maybe you know, you have this amazing idea to serve in a church and that's you've got 10 steps of how this is going to happen, right? But I mean, those 10 steps, I mean, that would be like the dream, right? So maybe just start with that first one. Maybe just do half of the first one. Just dip your toe in the water and see how church leadership feels about that. See how your workplace feels about that, right? Kind of move forward with caution. But I wouldn't say give up on that. If the Spirit is really pushing and compelling you to do that, um, don't give up. Yeah. Just try and just go easy. Go easy. Um, yeah,
0: and it does take discernment because I think there are some situations where um you would leave a church definitely. and go to where you're appreciated. But that's you not always the would. case. So that can't be the right. first response. Yeah.
1: And it is definitely our gut response because it seems okay. like the right. easiest, right? right? Um, But I, it's your family. I mean, you're part of that body. And if you can stay and work it out, I mean, that church will actually be better served for having True. come on the other side of that, True. you know, in a healthy way. But
0: right. for
1: sure, I mean, there may be a boundary you need to set that, your gifts and skills would be honored somewhere else for sure.
0: Yeah, totally. And and I think, again, that, that's a case-by-case situation. Do you yeah. have uh, anything you like to say to the men who are in leadership in the church, <laughs> if they'll listen?
1: <laughs> I mean, I would really just echo what we already talked about. Um, we love you, pastors. <laughs> we value you. Women honor you. We love you as our brothers in Christ. And um, I would just ask you to ask the Lord to help you have fresh eyes for the women in your congregation, that he would give you just a fresh vision for their worth and their value and how you can utilize them for kingdom purposes there within your congregation. Maybe in ways you haven't, you haven't considered because you hadn't asked the Lord to give it to you. So I would just say pray about that.
0: You're so nice. Bless you for being nice, because I would say to the man who's immediate response is women should submit and be humble, is, is, fellas, you need to submit and be humble to God because you need to learn some things. But I can say that, so I will. Um, <laughs> great conversation. And, you know, I appreciate your spirit. It's the right one. Uh, mm, if, thanks, I, I, I The the harshness uh, that it may be necessary at times, uh, the strong word uh, really should come from the men to the men more so than the women to the men uh so um i'll be i'm happy to fill that role (laughs) is there anything you want to add before i let you go this has been a really good conversation and by the way a lot of great comments in the chat women are thanking you for doing this and so i would point them again to womenwork.net right there go listen to courtney's podcast uh and you'll be encouraged and you can pick up the book women at work where you get books but last word to you courtney
1: I just want your your listeners and your women to know that you matter to the Lord, that what you do every single day, whether it seems very mundane, very small, and it doesn't feel like you're making a difference in the world, you actually are, especially as you just offer the work of your hands to God as worship. He might be the only one who sees what you do. He may be the only one who knows the, the extent of the integrity of your heart but he is going to honor you for that. And, and he lifts up the humble. He exalts those who are humble. So I want to tell you to stay focused on him, abide in him, keep following him. And, um, We'll just get to experience Him, right? He's Emmanuel, His presence, he, God with us. And so, I hope uh, I hope these sweet women who have commented will just sense the presence of the Lord in their life, and and His joy, and just His favor on them. He loves He loves you, women, and um, really wants to use you for His good purposes in the world.
0: Absolutely, and you, you said a word there that I like, uh, the mundane. And for those of you ladies who are yeah. like my wife, like my mother, who worked at home raising us kids, uh, doing the dishes, doing the laundry. God is in the mundane.
1: He is. He sees you.
0: Yes, he does. And, and I know we talked a lot about outside, you know, the house and, and leadership and things like that, but there are a lot of women. I don't want anyone, we got to paint the full picture here. Anyone who is, is doing the things that, are unseen by the world uh, as Courtney says, God sees you. And, and that's a beautiful thing too. So what, you know, whatever we're doing, doing it as unto the Lord is what we're commanded. And so there is, there's is beauty in all of that. God's with you where yes. you're at. Thank you again, Courtney. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been a pleasure.
0: Appreciate you guys out there. Ladies hit that share button. I know you oh, want to share this possible. with some people and bring a little encouragement uh, and, and you know, your pastor needs straightening out you can share it with him <laughs> appreciate you guys being here come back we've got more for you right here on life today live good lineup next week looking forward to it I'll see you again next time nobody can prevent you from doing the will of God